What is going on, brothers of discussion? This is Big Kev and Fanboy Dave coming at you. This is episode 41. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What is going on here? Big Kev, you are on the podcast. Are, are, did you just um, use some kind of code on your computer? I'm about to record and you just come on in. This is not a uh, Houdini magic show. This is definitely Big Kev back on the scene. Here Welcome at Brothers of back. Discussion. Welcome it back. It's been a minute. A minute. No, I appreciate it. A minute. Been like. Well, that's what the boys and girls say nowadays. You know, it's been a minute. <laughs> but it's been a what? At least it felt feels like the least couple months now since the last time we even recorded. Together, yes, definitely. Together. I've had to um, do some swiveling, and we got little Chris, and um, I did a few by my own, but. Welcome back, Big Kev, the guy that's been doing big things in Corpus Christi, Texas. Man, it's nonstop, but uh, I'm glad I'm back so we can get this recorded and hopefully try to get on a new schedule and routine. And uh, I'm actually going to be heading off to H-Town tomorrow. I got the big coaching school with the Texas High School Coaches Athletic Association. That's for a couple of days. And uh, a couple of things I just want to throw out right away is uh, since I'm in a different a neighborhood, if you will, in the state of Texas. Uh, I'm looking forward to this October. Uh, yes, WWE is going to be in San Antonio for SmackDown that was just uh, announced about a week ago or so, and October 20th specifically is for SmackDown. But then that Saturday, they're going to be in Edinburgh, which is near McAllen at the border, and then Laredo on Sunday. And I think I'm going to try to hit up the Edinburgh, which is just right outside of McAllen, uh, Texas. Uh, I'm those Saturday night main events. Uh, what say you? Do you think I should uh, make the trip, the two-hour trip down? Yeah, I mean, um, it's been a minute since you've watched some WWE uh, entertainment live and in person. And um, maybe it'll help you, you know, get back in the groove of things, of not just all work, 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 you know, sports, but getting back into, you know, you um, watching the shows um, in a timely manner, because I know sometimes you have to go back like a day or two later because your schedule's so busy. So yeah, I mean that'd be good for you to. Well, and you, as you know, every every time recently, I, I can't I can't even tell you the last time I went to just a live event, not not a SmackDown, not a Raw, but just a live event. I couldn't tell you the last time, uh, just because Austin and San Antonio they just rake in the Raw and SmackDown and. They don't have a live show. So this would just be a Saturday night main event, which is kind of just a live show. So uh, I'm looking forward to. And I was supposed to go to SmackDown when they were at Corpus when I just started out. It was at the beginning of April. And then I got I had a pivot and I had to go to regional track in San Antonio the same night. So I was kind of devastated about that, to be honest. It was when the Usos were kind of uh, still feuding with uh, Kevin, oh, Kevin Owens. And Sami Zayn. So uh, I'm looking forward to going back. Hopefully they announce another Austin date here soon, other than the NXT, of course, uh, in the next two weeks. Um, but for Raw, and because I know that you have the hookup at the Moody Center there in Austin, and uh, I can see them sneaking in this fall, maybe in Austin. We'll have to see. Yeah, and you have been away for a while because the last event you went to was the Royal Rumble in San Antonio. Or were you just talking about Raw and SmackDown? Oh, yeah, just just Raw and SmackDown in, in general. When we go to, I mean, of course, we went to the Rumble. But normally when we go to just a, you know, a typical show, it's a Raw or a SmackDown. Um, 
like I said, I can't even tell you the last time they had just a live event. Um, but I know another brand has came into town uh, in Cedar Park uh, that I know Mima, one of our top guests, he would just, our top listeners, he would love to talk about. But uh, we're not going to talk about them right now. It's, it's, in fact, speaking of Raw and SmackDown, let's just jump right to it. I mean, that's what we're here and talk about, boys and girls, is we're talking about recapping what has been going on in the world of professional wrestling. And this past week, um, we got to see Imperium uh, taking on Matt Riddle and Drew McIntyre. As you know, Drew McIntyre made his return at Money in the Bank. Uh, me and you are both big on Drew McIntyre. He's de definitely a main event player. I think it was good that he took a little time off uh, just because um, some new stars have been getting into popularity and things of that nature. It was just kind of good for him to set the refresh, hit the refresh button on him. Plus, you know, he was out with injury, of course. So what's your thoughts on Drew McIntyre? Where does he fit in all of this right now? At the moment, I mean, he just fills in at, you know, going after, you know, the Intercontinental Champion, even though they have said um, – a few times when he was out there that the last time we saw Drew McIntyre was at WrestleMania in that triple threat match with uh, um, Seth. Oh, my gosh. See, you really got me all nervous because you're on the show. The general that yeah. you love to say. General. You had him against. Um, Famous. Famous. Um, McIntyre. And, yes, the ring general. Gunther. There he goes. And, um, yeah, you know, it's good to see him back. Um I do like that um, he is going for the IC title because, I mean, Gunther's just been running through them all. And what you can say is in that match, yes, he already fought um, McIntyre, but it was a triple threat. It wasn't one-on-one, -on -one, um, and there has to be a winner. So having them beginning the feud, um, I think is good uh, for the company, and especially for Drew uh, to be back in the uh, square circle because, I mean, he is a fan favorite. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a good um, storyline with them, no doubt about it. And it's going to be some definitely hard-hitting matches uh, to come in the future between those two. Yeah, I agree. And it gives someone for Gunther to go against that's a veteran. And like you said, is a fan favorite. And so you can, you know, he can keep on with that Hill persona. Um, I still think, and and I I would I'm not, hopefully I'm not taking words out of your mouth, but I think we can both agree that Gunther will still retain the title eventually when that happens, and it's just another person for him to kind of run through. Um, and I'm going to just go ahead and ins insert this here, just because we're talking about Gunther right now uh, on the subject of Drew McIntyre, and I'm going to just completely give you a swerve. And there was an article I just recently read about the WWE potentially giving. Brock Lesnar a dream match and do we insert Gunther in that dream match for Wrestlemania next year is that a dream match um I don't know if it's a dream match but um I don't know if it's the same interview that I saw a couple of um maybe like a month ago but Gunther said that he was going to be in the main event at Wrestlemania 40 and I he made it um sound like it was going to be for the title like the world championship or the undisputed universal championship. That's what he made it sound. Would I like to see Gunther against Brock? Yeah. Um, I don't know if that would be um, Brock Lesnar's dream match unless 
Lesnar's almost ready to patch the torch. And if Lesnar was to do something like that, that would leave a huge void as having a, a big main attraction. I'm not saying Gunther is not great at what he does, but give him the title like a main attraction, like Andre the Giant or Brock Lesnar or China, something like that. I, I, I don't know if that would be Lesnar's like dream match if he was going to end it all. Yeah, I just know when we were at the Rumble in San Antonio, as you alluded to earlier, uh, that the people were excited about that, that confrontation, because they're so physical. I don't think it's such a dream match, per se. Would I want to see it? Of course. But I don't think it's going to be one of those slobber knockers, as JR would say, as a Sheamus in Guther or a Drew McIntyre in Guther. Uh, as you know, Brock Lesnar is good for about five-minute match, and, you know, it's just raw power going in there and um, – let it collide, let the, you know, the collision happen. And then, um, you know, what's done is done. But with somebody like Seamus or McIntyre, it's a, just such a much more better pairing, if you will, uh, for him. But yeah, I, and I did see that interview about him talking about, hey, I want to be going for that strap come mania season in Philly uh, for mania of 40. I think you uh, need to give Brock Lesnar a little more respect. We weren't talking about Bill Goldberg, five minute match. Oh, Brock, can, no. Brock can go. Brock can go more than five minutes. He he can. Well, Goldberg is a spirit. I'm done. Oh, come on. I gave him a little bit of credit. Come on now. Hey, you know who I'm kind of in sort of impressed with is seeing this Trish Stratus team, you know, side by side with Joey Stark. Uh, she took on Becky Lynch, your girl, big time Bex, this past Monday night on Raw. Zoe Starks gets the win. How did that make you feel? <laughs> well, you come know, on now. You have a Hall of Famer out there, Trish Stratus. You know, she's going to be a distraction. And big time Bex, you know, two against one. She needs some help. But I see what they're doing with Zoe Starks. You know, uh, she was very impressive in the uh, Money in the Bank women's ladder match um, that happened about, what, about a week ago, a week and a half ago. Um, I see what they're doing with her. She's got a great look. Um, she needs a little bit more help on her promos. She's not that good on the mic, but I think that's why they have her paired with Trish because um, she can do most of the talking and then uh, Zoe is the muscle. So um, good win for her. Um, but again, you know, this feud's not over between big time Bex and Trish Stratus with uh, Zoe Starks. Yeah, no doubt. I like the look of all three women. I know she's got her, Trish specifically with her mask on, like she did back in the day. Uh, Becky has this just mom look. It's just like a more mature look about her. I can't put my finger on it. I don't know if she's straightened her hair, but it's a good look on her. And Zoe Starks, just a just a young 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 lady, and um, she's built, man. She's built for success in the WWE. We'll have to see what, what kind of momentum and what kind of guidance she gets out of Trish Stratus moving forward. Hey, somebody that got a win. Uh, this past Monday that has not seen a win in a very long time. Your boy, The Miz. The Miz getting a win over Tomasa Champa, which he, you know, recently uh, came back and, and uh, uh, you know, from injury a couple Monday Night Raws ago. Is this something that we can kind of springboard and get The Miz back into a title picture? Or is this just a feud and Champa is going to get the last laugh? Well, I don't know if it's a feud or not because – Again, since you've been off for a long time, you failed to mention 
that the Miz had some help in securing that win against Tommaso Ciampa. I don't know what you're talking about. With Bronson <laughs> Reed, that big old hoss. Um, I don't know if Bronson Reed is going to be Miz's muscle because previously Bronson Reed's a businessman. And maybe Miz just paid him for the night um, to have his back. Or do we transition to uh, Tommaso Ciampa against Bronson Reed, which I would be okay uh, seeing them go at it. Um, I think the Miz right now, he's just doing what he does best. He's a veteran. He doesn't need a title. Doesn't need to be in the title picture. You put him out there, he's going to get fans to boo you. I mean, he's entertaining. Yes, very entertaining. And and going back to what, and I didn't mean to interrupt, but Bronson Reed, I don't think Bronson Reed needs the Miz. You know, we see some wrestlers that come in and that needs a mouthpiece and he's just, I don't think Bronson Reed needs the Miz. I think he could just do it on his own. Uh, what say you? But this is kind of like a solo Sakai type, right? We got Paul Heyman uh, as the mouthpiece there. But for some reason, Bronson Reed just feels a little different. No, Bronson Reed doesn't need the rub from the Miz. He's a uh, big-time dude, a destroyer out there. Um, it's just, um, yeah, I don't know what they want to do with Bronson. I mean, he's good. I still don't think they have a clue what to do with him. And if you pair him with the Miz for now, I mean, that could work for a minute. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it wouldn't uh, formulate to anything. Um, Not as much as it formulating when we had Owens, Zane, and Rollins taking on the Judgment Day, Mysterio, Dom, uh, Finn Balor, and uh, Priest. Man, we didn't get to talk about money in the bank, but I thought it was a great move with Damian Priest. I know you and I have talked in the past about him being a big-time player in the future, and here it is, man. Money in the Bank winner, uh, Damian Priest, uh, teaming up, of course, with Finn Balor, as we know, that loss to Edge uh, at Money in the Bank. But then Dom, you know, the most hated villain, the most hated hill right now in professional wrestling today. Uh, Some others would argue, someone on a different channel, but God Dog, man. Dom is uh, definitely come into uh, his character. And I was very critical of him last year. Uh, but, man, he's he's grown into this character that just everyone just boos him and hates him. It reminded me when we were in Austin and it was Dolph Ziggler and Vicky Guerrero and John Cena in the ring. And Austin just completely drowned her out. This is what's happening to Dom week in and week out. Isn't that right? Yeah. Um, but you also failed to mention that. Um, with uh, Damian Breen, Mr. Um, Senor, money in the bank, that there was a dissension between him and Finn right. trying to iron out before um, this match gets underway. And when they came out at the beginning of Raw, and that Rio basically said, Look, we need to squash this and let's put this behind us, and things like that, because there was uh, basically Finn just said, Hey, uh, Priest, you cost me the title against Seth freaking Rollins, and he's like, that wasn't his intentions, and it looks like, hey, well, let's get bygones be bygones, and let's do what the Judgment Day does and dominates. And so, you know, there was the, uh, little sprinkles of, is Finn going to fully trust the Judgment Day, or if Finn does win, is Balor going to cash in on him? But it looks like they're all on the same page now before we get to this prompt to match um uh between the judgment day 
and Seth Freaker Rollins and the tag champions of Zayn and Owens. Um, yeah, I like what they're doing, and I believe the Judgment Day, um, they they are probably one of the hottest, if not the hottest thing on on Monday Night Raw, and to have them as a unit, I think just makes them more dangerous than having them um, have like issues with each other. Yeah, no, I agree. And do you think what storyline do you eventually feel that needs to come to an end? Is it the bloodline or is it the judgment day? Or are these two stories still going stronger than ever? Um, I mean, I don't know if I can give you that answer. I think I can give you the answer when we talk about SmackDown. But I don't think I can give you that answer just yet. But both storylines are intriguing. But if you had to pick one, I would think you would say the Bloodline story has to end because it's going over three years plus, and the Judgment Day hasn't been on that long. Man, they had made they made some money out of uh, the Bloodline storyline for three years. I mean, that's uh, that's incredible stuff. Hey, one thing I wanted to talk about briefly was um, Logan Paul and Ricochet. Man, this is the first time we've really heard, to my knowledge, Ricochet on the mic, cutting a promo. Um, very ineffective, I felt like. Logan Paul came out. He's got the hill. I think he put himself even more over um, by being that hill coming out. And then all of a sudden, you see Ricochet with that athletic move. I've never seen that before. Jumps over the rope, flips, lands on his feet, and then crickets from the audience. I felt bad for him. I think they could have definitely done that a little different. Um, but I, I, it could have been a situation where Logan Paul is like, hey, how are you? You know, I'm out here. You're, you want to fight me, yada, yada. How are you going to get me from way out there? Then I would have run out and jumped over the ropes and flipped and would have made a bigger impact. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm so critical. Uh, maybe a little too much on that spot. But uh do you like this pairing? Does it is is it is it really money involved with this? I mean, I know they're athletic, and it was kind of fun to see at the Rumble. Of course, we saw when they kind of briefly, you know, started planting the seats to it. Um, but what, what say you? What, what's your thoughts on Ricochet and the Logan Paul feud going on right here? I mean, as far as their talent in the ring, it's great, but um, Ricochet really doesn't grab the mic, and Logan Paul. I mean, he's still what. He just finished his first year and then he signed another contract. So he hasn't been doing it uh, long at all. So to rely on Ricochet to carry this promo or even the feud, if there's talking involved, it's going to be very, very tough because, you know, like I said, Ricochet doesn't do that things. I mean, he just, people love watching him because what he can do in the ring, not what he says on the mic. Right, and he's never really gotten that opportunity, to, to be fair on his part. He's never really had that opportunity. All of a sudden, you're inserting him here. And, right, I mean, I, I agree with, with people. Hey, here's your chance. But, man, he has really never been on the mic. And all of a sudden, he's thrown into this. So I, I kind of feel bad for the guy, in a sense. You know, he couldn't get it thrown a bone before, but slowly implementing. But you're right, exactly. I mean, it's the same reason why I want to go see him, is because what does he do in the ring and not so much on the mic? Yeah, so I don't know what they're going to do with this feud. Um, they may have one match, but it, at the end of the day, it looks like Logan Paul's like, dude, you're not even on my level, and I don't even want to waste my time. No, I agree. Um, but I, I guess that sums it up for Raw. Um, 
for the most part. Is there anything that you can think of you want to speak on when it comes to Monday Night Raw from yeah, last week? I think, I think for Monday Night Raw, um, one of the things, I mean, and it wasn't um, that much time on it, but you, that's a person in education, how could you forget that um, Maxine was going to, she lettered, Maxine lettered and was going to get her Letterman jacket from the master Chad Gabriel from the Alpha Academy. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> He's been coaching her up, hasn't he? That's been a fun segment, to be honest. Uh, Chad Gable's, uh, uh, you know, we talked about, you know, there for a while, he was just kind of the, the, he was running through the gauntlet. Every Monday night, he's always working, doing his thing. Um, but this has been kind of fun for him. You know, it's a good spot, kind of Kurt Angle-esque when it comes to the kind of comedy behind it. Um, I definitely praise him, but well, I she think almost had the jacket. I always really think that um, that with the Alpha Academy, you know, they were heels. That's who they were. And, you know, they booed him. And I think whenever they put Maxine um, into this uh, group, it helped them and was able to turn them face. And they're enjoyable to watch, funny. You know, Otis is like, oh, yeah. You know, all shaking and trying to do the caterpillar. And finally getting Maxine to get in the ring and, you know, do things, you know, uh, against the Viking Raiders and Valhalla. And um, because, you know, so many times people are like, oh, WWE, don't go after your typical women wrestler. Like they get models or, you know, ex, you know, players, things like that. People have done wrestling. And yes, Maxine is very beautiful. She's real nice to look at. But for her character also, it just helps them to evolve her and to be in more segments and just whenever she just started and she'd be in the backstage and talk about the maximum male models and things like that. And that's all that was. But now, you know, people can get a sense of her um, character or personality and they're drawn to that. And I think it's, it's good for her because she hadn't been banned the ring. I mean, I know she doesn't do too many spots, but I think she's still learning, but I think she could be an asset down the road, just like, Liv was when she was the third member of the riot squad and nobody was talking about Liv as being uh, the best wrestlers in the riot squad. And, and look what Liv has done. And she's one of probably the best women wrestlers in the company right now. So no doubt. And, and before we jump on over to SmackDown, I do want to bring up something that uh, I've been excited about. And it's something that we kind of talked about on the uh, podcast is Shayna freaking Baszler. Where have, where has this fire been? This is exactly what I wanted from Ronda Rousey. Didn't really get it. Uh, a killer. And all of a sudden, man, talking about uh, giving an opportunity on the mic, uh, when she had the mic right after Money in the Bank, and she you know, was talking about how she turned on her, uh, Shayna Baszler, holy cow, impressive here. Is this what puts her finally over when she beats Ronda Rousey? Um, or doesn't does it just kind of keep her stagnant? I mean, the win will does be it do impressive. anything for her? I mean, just to say that she retired Ronda Rousey because there's so much speculation that Ronda Rousey is is on the outs, you know, pretty soon of WWE, like she's ready to go, and you know she's giving the rub to Shayna Baszler that that's the one she wants her 
to, I guess, end her WWE career. But does it do anything for Shayna? I mean, she could say she beat the best woman on the planet. But, I mean, it doesn't make her more dangerous, even though she is. But I guess Ronda Rousey's more believable to see that because you could just fall back on her MMA days of UFC. And Shayna didn't really have that good of a MMA career. I think that's why she did the transition. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be okay. But the Ace of Spades, I don't think it really changes the fan perspective of her, uh, whether she wins or loses to Ronda Rousey. And I completely agree. And But that's a sad thing to me because uh, Ronda's just lost her, la- you know, luster about her ever since. I mean, her WrestleMania debut with her and Kurt taking on Triple H and Stephanie, that was unbelievable. Like, incredible. Uh, you could put that debut with uh, Bad Bunny. Um, you know, we talked about this before, but ever since then, she really hasn't been a very good, you know, diva, wrestler, whatever you want to call her, because um, for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe she's just not into it as much. And so I agree with you. This Baszler beating Ronda Rousey would not be the same as if Baszler beat Charlotte or Baszler beating Becky. Uh, would you agree with that statement? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, those names, Becky, Charlotte, you know, those are names that we know very, very well. And uh, Shayna probably hasn't really done that well against them. So I don't think Shayna could really do anything against uh, Charlotte Flair. And um, it's there's nothing they can do. I mean, she's just a, a unique character. That's the MMA fighter. But... Um, yeah, it's just one of those things that I don't think anything can help her. But I know one thing, we do have new um, um, challengers for the Women's Championship that happened Tag on, team championship? on Raw, which is Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. So I know they're going to get opportunity, which I like this team. I think they put them together and they're working. Um, and then also, which um, one thing we did not mention because I want to make Mimo uh, very happy, but the nightmare, Cody Rhodes is out there, and then Brock basically come out, and they go at it with each other, and basically Cody's just like, hey, I, I want him, wherever, whenever. Um, and that promo he cut um, on that, no, or was that last week he came out? I can't remember. Yeah, last week. Yeah, no, you're good. So this week he just talked about how if there's something you fear, that's your Brock Lesnar. And he's ready to run through him. And so it looks like they're going to get a match probably at SummerSlam uh, to maybe end the feud so that Cody can move on or Brock can move on and go from there. Yeah, that rubber match. And, um, yeah, Sonya Deville and Chester Green um, defeating Carter and Chance um, on Monday Night Raw for the number one contenders against Liv and, and Raquel. Um that's a yeah. I'm with you. I like that Chelsea Green, Sonia Deville. Um, Chelsea has a little bit more of that hill uh, median feel factor to her, but Sonia Deville is more, like real stern, serious hill. I think it's a good combination. We'll see. I mean, it puts both of them on television and get them, you know, get them some minutes on on TV. So that's good for them. And then going back to what you just said with Cody and, and Brock, this is the, this is the rubber match. I agree. I think it's going to happen at SummerSlam, and I think this would be a great spot for him to propel himself. 
as far as Cody beating Brock, moving on, hopefully getting back in that title picture, whether it's Seth or whether it's Roman. Um, but so see how it looks. No, I and I pretty much I think that wraps up Raw. So let's take a break real quick, and then we will talk about Friday Night SmackDown and the ongoing storyline with the Bloodline. So don't go anywhere. Fanboy Dave and Kev will be right back. And we're back. And right before break, uh, we're about to talk about Friday Night SmackDown. Big Kev's favorite show. Hey, man, SmackDown's pretty good stuff. I mean, I like Raw, too. But, hey, we're opening it up with Pretty Deadly taking on Sheamus and Rich Holland, man. What do you think of the match? Uh, Well, before we talk about the match, we got to get you on it, Big Kev. So pretty deadly. You need to say it with me because I've said it a couple of times. You go, yes, boy. Unbelievable. And you're going to throw your hands up at it, too. Unbelievable. Hey, I don't think somebody's going to be doing that. Yes, boy, throwing their hands up. Uh, I don't know if you caught caught this about a couple hours ago. It was just announced that uh, Elton Prince separated his shoulder last night on SmackDown. And going forward, he's going to be out of action, it says. It doesn't say how long, but, man, how devastating it is for a team from NXT to get on the main roster and getting a push, uh, getting a win over freaking Sheamus and Rich Holland um, in a tag team match and gets injured. How devastating. That's that's a blow, man. So that that kind of sucks. It kind of stinks for them. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, they ended up getting a win, and, and you're right. Uh, uh, like I said, though, there ain't going to be no yes boy for a while. Did you just ask me how did I think that? Do you not know who they were fighting? The brawling brutes. Fight night, fight night, fight night. The guys that fight, that will hit you with anything. And if you're in the ring with them, you're going to end up with welts on your body. <laughs> Let alone out for action for, for the next several weeks. Holy cow, man. They uh, Yeah, that's they a huge blow uh, for Pretty Deadly. Um. Now uh, it's one of those things like um, Edge says, are you going to sink or swim? You know, I'll get to a reference later. But uh, yeah, now you have one that's still going to be in the active roster. I mean, if you watch them on NXT, I mean, they are a tag team specialist team. Now trying to have one just to do singles matches, I don't know how that's going to work or or this is actually going to hurt the push. Uh, since there is no timetable at the moment for his return. So I hope not because Pretty Deadly is pretty um, fun and entertaining. Or they could do something where he still comes out and says things on the mic or try to help out, but he really doesn't do anything physical to keep it going. Yeah, I think that they need to do that. I don't think they need to, you know, thinking of a separated shoulder, I'm thinking three to four weeks at least minimum, I would think, but – I could be wrong. I'm not a doctor, but I agree with you. I think they do need to still keep that storyline moving forward somehow. I mean, I mean, it's the obvious he got injured. We all know that. So let's not just keep them at home. Let's keep them out there. Keep it, the storyline moving. Uh, however that may be. Yeah. Cause that uh, would be the perfect scenario would be like uh, that the brawling brutes are so barbaric and they injured me and they could just be on the mic, just saying things like that. And I think it would be funny. For them just to do something like that. Oh, I agree. I think it'd be that would be great. I mean, like you said, play that into the storyline. Uh, I think that would be perfect. That's a good 
good looking out on that storyline. Hey, Bailey defeating girl. Zelina. You're my girl good. Bailey, man, getting the win. Um, the tensions between uh, Damage Control has you know has it kind of been spinning in that storyline, but Bailey picking up a win um, on uh, Zelina and who Bailey dominated the match. Uh, majority of the match i mean it was almost the entire match so this is a great win for bailey uh what are, where are we going with this uh damage control storyline well as 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 i can see um kevin our big kevin I mean, we know sky is doing her thing but no but big kev has a memory as a goldfish at the moment because after <laughs> your girl bailey won uh on the screen you saw shotzi and a week before, they were in the back, and Shotzi's like, I'm not done with you, Bailey. And uh, the damage control just started beating her up. And then Bailey thought it was funny and got some scissors and cut her hair. And you go back to this video, and Shotzi's like, you think you think um, this scares me? And she turns on a pair of clippers, and she shaves all her green hair out. So now uh, maybe a, a twisted... Um, Demonic... Or Shotzi's coming after Bailey. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen on that, but what we do know for sure is Bailey and Shotzi are far from being over. And does um, that um, somehow hurt EO with her being the money in the bank holder if now you have Shotzi gunning for Bailey and basically wherever damage control goes, uh, they're always together. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do, if it's like a face paint or something with Shotzi, but for sure, no more hair. And I don't know how they're going to make her be crazy or act crazy, but I'm interested to see um, what happens on Friday Night SmackDown between these two. Yeah, I mean, she's she's on screen, like you said, and she's in a room sitting down, basically, and takes the, the clippers right to it, and uh wow yeah so that's a situation where you can't just put bailey on the shelf you know she's a main event player and i like how they're continuing to utilize bailey and not just put everything on sky although she's been a huge fan favorite uh you know recently winning the money in the bank she's got a lot of people behind her uh so that you know that's pretty nice um santos escobar i want to talk about him because in this match his grayson waller AJ Styles and Butch. Butch has been getting some single runs, which slow is down, nice. Slow down, Big Kev. I'm just excited because I want to tell you about something, but go ahead. We have to tell the listeners, this is a, a match. There's two matches. There's a fatal four-way to find out the next number one contender for Austin Theory's title. Yes, that's correct. So you have Santos Escobar, like you said. You have Butch, AJ Styles, and who's the last one you said? Grayson Waller. That's right. Want to be a baller, shot caller. Grayson Waller, I've been super impressive with. He's kind of the Austin Theory-esque, but, man, uh, Grayson's fantastic on the mic. He's He's been great. I thought he really stood his ground uh, when he's been in the ring with the likes of Edge. Um, well, his first match. His, his first match on Smack. Yeah, his debut against Edge. Um and John Cena, a couple weeks ago at Money in the Bank, I thought Grayson Waller stood his ground against John Cena, one of the best, if not the best on the mic, between him and Rock. That can be debatable, but uh, he really stood his ground. I didn't see any flaw 
in Grayson Waller's uh, promo uh, at Money in the Bank, and he's in the ring with some absolute legends, and there has been no stuttering or whatnot. So I, I will give him kudos to that. Uh, I've been impressed with him so far. Athletically and look, not the best look, I guess. You know, he's not like the typical bodybuilder or anything like that superhero. But he's an Aussie, and they need – you know, representation uh, internationally. And uh, I think he's going to do well. I think he's going to do justice for the WWE and the uh, the Aussies. Uh, what's your thoughts on Grayson Waller? We hadn't really talked about him. Of course, he just moved up from the roster about, what, about a month ago from NXT, uh, kind of that money in the bank timeline. Um, what's your thoughts on Grayson Waller so well, far? Been, well, if you've been paying attention, I mean, he says it every week when you just say, you know, his, his uh, charisma – him on the mic, him on the ring. That's the Grayson Waller effect. So <laughs> that's what that's what you get. And um, yeah, he's he's really good. And like Edge said, and he made no bones about it. Somebody back there likes you, Grayson Waller, and for putting you to have interviews with Charlotte, John Cena, um, you know, and Bianca, and then getting his first match, and then Edge giving the respect and said, "You swam." I mean, that's a huge rub from a Hall of Famer. And I just hope that it doesn't go to his head too much because, you know, we've had other superstars, you know, not almost get the rub publicly, but you put uh, someone in a match with the Hall of Famer and it doesn't go as planned and then your push stops. And it looks like what WWE has always tried to do no matter what, I mean, that's why they're global. But even with Jinder Mahal, you know, you're getting somebody from India because you're trying to get that uh, population or that demographic of people to watch. Hey, I want to be WWE superstar. Again, we don't have an Aussie. Uh, will it be Grayson Waller that be uh, that helps them in Australia? Because he definitely wants WrestleMania there. He doesn't want it in the UK. He was clear about that. Ozzy, 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 you know, like you said. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I like him. He's, he's, um, he's got, he's got the tools. I don't know if he has the it factor yet, but he's very charismatic. Um, and he can get a crowd to boo him very, very quickly. Um, but yes, continue with what you liked about this match with Escobar as well, too. And, and, and again, I'm high on Escobar too. I really like this guy. Uh, Escobar is super talented as well. Um, I think he represents the company well. Uh, pairing off, off with Rey Mysterio with the LWO has been, you know, really helping that faction out. And uh, Santos Escobar definitely stands out above when it comes to the LWO. He eventually gets the win only because uh, your boy Karrion Cross that we met at WrestleMania 32. Uh, comes out and uh, takes care of AJ Styles, who was clearly looking to get the win. And the OC comes out and that whole deal. AJ Styles looks like he's going on to a carry and cross feud. Here we go, Dave, fanboy Dave. He's got something. He's smiling. He's he's giggling over there. He's waiting to get on to me about something. I can already tell. But um, Escobar gets the win over Grayson Waller, who we were just high on. Uh, but he does get the pin. One, two, three. Escobar wins out of this fatal four-way. Go ahead. So what show were you watching? Because when I was watching Friday Night SmackDown, uh, they went to the back where Karrion Cross was, where he beat up. Uh, AJ. <laughs> no, AJ was in the ring. What he, are you talking about? 
he beat up um the big LG and um and his partner while AJ was in the ring because he was about to put the Styles Clash on Butch and AJ left the well, ring. Got the distraction. You're right. So I was just like, did Carrie Cross come out? Man, I'm like, <laughs> were you drinking something, Kevin? Maybe I was thinking the following week when they had a one-on-one, which was not a very good match, by the way, with wow. AJ and Carrie. Those, yeah, it was Carrie yeah, and, was right. and It wasn't AJ. that good of a match, but no, he, uh, Carrie and Cross was uh, in the back and he got the good brothers. And that's why AJ left the ring uh, to go tend to them and the OC because he was mad. And then he got there and he's like, this is not over yet. But I did love how you said that Karen Cross came out. That's why I was giggling because it was funny. Yeah, I got my words. Uh, I guess they got, you know, spit out faster than I could kind of think on. But yes, you are correct. Um, Escobar, I mean, I've been watching him since he was in NXT with Dago the Fantasma. Uh, before you know, getting into the LWO, um, the LWO, yeah, I, I think it's good for the Hispanic community. Um, would I have other wrestlers in there besides the ones that are in there? Um, I would keep uh, Escobar and Selena, but the other two guys, yeah, that's the go, yeah, I have to go. I'd rather put Humberto and uh, and Angel Garza, who are now on NXT and doing- NXT. Which I'm like, what are they doing with those guys? But I get it. There's a lot of talent, man. They do have to spread the wealth. And I think that what they're doing with NXT is great. They're getting some main event roster players like Baron Corbin who go back to NXT uh, and help the brand out there. I think it just puts extra eyes on that program. Um, and it's very helpful. Um, well, not only that, back, it also helps them because, again, you have three hours on Monday Night Raw and you have two hours on SmackDown. And some of the times, even with those the three hours, some superstars do not get to do anything or do not get a segment. So for them be uh, to say, hey, can I go to NXT and, you know, help out? Because that is the future of WWE, those stars down there. And to get um, someone as Baron Corbin back in the lone wolf. Seth it. freaking Rollins. Yeah, Seth freaking Rollins down there. A couple that, weeks ago. Did you watch that match against? Uh, it was great. Baker? Oh, absolutely man it's like the man. june 21st edition and that was great good stuff man and i know we we, we got off raw but we'll, we'll get back on that but yeah what wwe is doing on that that that's just um helping the talent grow or giving them hey this is the expectation it's it's always like and you know i'm i'm, I'm jumping on another soapbox but it's always like uh with the university of texas and football the expectation and the standard is the standard. Their 10 wins or more. That is the standard. And in WWE, the standard is the best professional wrestler, woman or male in the greatest company in the world, the Mecca, the where you want to be, you have to be the best. And, and that's the standard. So if you're not getting any ring time, you got to do what you got to do so you get ring time. Hey, what's your thoughts on uh, Escobar? I, it just kind of popped up in my mind. Could he be kind of the next big, want to say, um, how do I say this? Could he be a potential like Alberto Del Rio as like the, like a, a huge Mexican star in the WWE? Could he have that potential? I know they have Ray, but like, I'm just looking at, I know Dom's doing very well being a hill, but 
is Escobar in that light? I, I don't know. What's your thoughts on him? I, I mean, I don't know if he's in the light of Alberto Del Rio, the greatest export that JBL used to say. That's right. <laughs> the only thing, I mean, I think he needs a little bit more muscle, but the thing that works for him is that he's fluent in English, what, what helps out the company, but he's also knows his Spanish. Um, I don't know if um, he can get to even Alberto Del Rio status, but for sure at the moment, not, not Ray. I mean, no way. Um, oh, for sure. Not Ray. No, I agree. I, I don't think um, he is the star that could replace Ray. Truth be told. And since we are talking about SmackDown, the I think the person that's going to bring the Mexican community together, which is just gonna even um, make this person shine even more, is Raquel. I think Raquel is the person to bring the Mexican culture, and that and even though she is not a male, I yeah. I mean I think she's just gonna be a huge star. I mean, um, she's fantastic. It's it, it's coming. Um, but again, it's it, it is a male dominant sport. I, I just don't see him at the moment as being that. Um, maybe a IC title, U.S. title, but for sure not world title ever. Yeah, I just wanted to get your collective thoughts as as a Hispanic and uh, and, and just having. I just was just curious about that because I don't know why Alberto Del Rio just kind of threw you know in my mind. And not to say Rey Mysterio was much bigger than him. Um, I just kind of took. Rey Mysterio out of the equation. And for some reason, I just wasn't thinking of him. And I was just thinking Alberto Rio. He made a big impact when he came in, of course, against Cena and, and things like that. But yeah, man, I couldn't agree with you uh, any more on, on Raquel Rodriguez. Absolutely, man. Um, on that one. Hey, somebody that has been putting some swag back in her attitude is Bianca Belair. Um, getting the victory over Oscar, who I've been high on, as you know, but as my DQ, um, you know, your girl, Charlotte, uh, all this is kind of like all unfolding. Are we going to see a triple threat match? Is this kind of setting some up for SummerSlam or what's your thoughts on this, man? But I, I, I really love the swag that Bianca Belair is coming. It's so believable. And when you can get believable stories, it makes the viewer, the WWE universe audience more engaged with it. Yeah. Um, I think that's where they're going or they're also speculating a fatal four-way because in this match, you know, Charlotte uh, prior to this match was like, hey, Bianca, I'm rooting for you. And if you win, I'm I'm first in line. And they were like, if I win, me and you at SummerSlam. Because I know last year you were biting at the bit. I want Charlotte versus Bianca. That's what you wanted. I do. I, I really want that match so bad. And the thing is – um, I think this would be the perfect time to turn Bianca heel. Um, and um, it would just be so great for them to do that, um, to be like, if it is a triple threat match and she somehow doesn't win, that would be perfect. But um, again, you know, I'm a little biased. If the queen is on the Aftic roster, she needs to have the title. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, she um, makes that title even more better. She is, like I said, she is the standard, like just like the University of Texas. I mean, th that is the standard. And you want five-star matches. You want to be considered the best. You need to be in the ring with Charlotte Flair. 
No disrespect to Asuka. I think she's been a great champion, even though I know the fans do want EO to win, which that's another thing because she's tried to cash in twice. She um, was teasing it again. I know. And Bailey got the mist in the eyes last uh last night. So it was never uh officially um cashed in. Um, but I love how they're doing that because I don't know if you saw the background when they were like talking to the different women, but EO and Bailey were in the back. If you look past the camera in the back, they were there with the money in the bank when uh, they were talking to Asuka and um it uh, and it was just funny to see them in the background. If you're looking at the back, like, oh, they're lurking, they're lurking. When are we coming? Um, but I they're, think the they're setting the seeds up. But I think the total swerve is going to be when she cashes in and then Bailey turns on her. I think that's what it's coming down to. No, I agree. That's I think that's what's gonna happen. I think she's going to uh, not be successful in cashing that in because of Bailey. And that's where we get that uh, breakup with damage control. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping it's going to be Bianca Belair and Charlotte. That's uh, man, that would be so awesome to see like legitimate athletic D1 college athletes go at it, and they're great in the ring. I mean, and they're stars, right? For sure. And hey, uh, another big before, star. Before come, we jump, yeah, go uh, ahead. To go back to your uh, Escobar thing, I want to yeah. give you a little nugget. I think the guy that could potentially take Ray's spot. As you know, we talked about a couple of months ago, the last time you were on, is Dragon Lee. He is a Mexican luchador. And the hype that this guy has, I'm not saying it's Victor Wombinyamba hype, but there is a lot of hype about Dragon Lee. And that could be the guy that could be um, Del Rio-esque or even close to Rey Mysterio one day. Really? That's what you don't I'm think it's another... Mind. You don't think it's going to be another Sincara fly by night? Not, not with this guy. Not with this guy. Um, I think um, they, they are like I said. I think the WWE wants one star per nationality. I think that is their long term goal to have a star of every nationality. And now with Triple H, and I know I'm going top key, even though we're talking about SmackDown. No, but, go ahead. But if you ever look when Vince McMahon Senior was in charge. Look at all his champions, Bruno San Martino, uh, Pedro Morales, you know. Um, International. It was all like that. And not to say anything against Vince because what Vince did, but predominantly Stone Cold, Triple H, you know, um, John Cena. Um, a list of your champions were predominantly white. But when Vince. Yeah, there's no diversification. Right, but when Red Hard was it right? But Vince and then every once in a while, we'll every once in a while we'll get a Yokozuna. Right, know? yeah, and that's a, but that's what I'm saying, and I think that's what Triple H sees is that's the bigger picture. Is yes, not all of them can be world champion, but to have a star of every nationality that hey, that person looks like me, I can do this, or just to get that product, you know, or into your living room of someone that's like, oh, my God, that guy's what I am. And I think that's the long-term goal of WWE now. Well, it's smart. I mean, that's what sells tickets, as you know. It's a very smart business because regardless if they're at John Cena status, if they're coming into that home market like Grayson Waller, the Aussies are going to come behind him, right? And same thing with Guther and all these nationalities. But uh, I, I can't agree with you uh, more on it. Hey, somebody that uh, kind of rolled in, 
looked like Andy Mac was going to make his return. We got that big stretch limo in the back, and it's the almighty Bobby Lashley. Uh, pulls the street profits in his limousine for a private meeting. Are we going to get a uh, Hurt Business 2.0 around the corner? I mean, that does sound like that's what's going to happen. And I don't know if you saw, probably like three or four months ago when the Hurt Business did come back a little bit, but they were like, hey, we need a new improve. And having the Street Profits in the Hurt Business with MVP and Bobby Lashley, I mean, that does look good, but they have to be healed. They cannot be faced if they're going to do that. That's why it all ties into, if they do this, Bianca going heel, because that just makes sense. And then you have MVP, Bobby Lashley, Street Profits, and Bianca Belair. Man. Man. You got some big-time players, man. Big-time players. You know, you have world champion, you have tag team champions, you have the women's champion. Um, And, of course, MVP being the mouthpiece, he was United States champion. So you would see it like you have winners. You have people that know how to win championships. Yeah, it's almost like an NWO-esque feel to it when you have some credible people in this faction, like all of them. Like everybody is like a main event caliber for sure. So uh, Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, Mimo is the biggest hater of Bobby Lashley, but I mean, (laughs) I like Bobby as a good guy, but when he was just a dominator and the almighty and just like like when he would just rag Mustafa Ali and just – just it's just like oh my god someone needs to stop this match like so like that's the dominant bobby lashley like, the one that just smashed goldberg like that's the bobby lashley we need if we're gonna get a hurt business 2.0 a monster absolutely man absolutely hey the biggest pop and somebody that they're gonna be turning baby face is l a night yeah let me talk to you <laughs> let me talk to you brother Hey, him coming out, staking his claim that he's going to be the number one contender uh, next week, which is this upcoming Friday on SmackDown, he's going to be taking on Ray Mysterio, who we just talked about, Sheamus, who we just talked about, and Cameron Grimes, uh, which is another NXT moving up to the roster. Uh, you get these four guys in a fatal four-way, uh, the winner's going to go on take uh, take on Santos Escobar. Why not LA Knight? Why not here? Especially with Austin Theory. This just works right here. It does work, but it's one of those things that, you know, every, like LA Knight said, everybody knows, you know, I'm the mega star and nobody can touch me in the back. Like, you know, that's how he talked. And I can't see him going against Escobar because it's face against face. Sucks. So that's why I'm just like, man. Well, does he turn face yet? Because he could technically be heel until he gets to Austin Theory. Well, well, Mr. Big Kev, I know you've been super busy, but you did not see WWE Digital that happened last week. Or maybe you didn't, you just forgot. But where he came out, and basically he was taking on Hit Row, which was also a funny thing because apparently there was a fan in the front row of Friday night that had a Hit Row shirt on. I didn't know they had fans. But basically <laughs> that basically turned them face that he went against uh, uh, Hit Row, which are heel, and he got a huge pop. So the, he's already faced now, in my opinion. Well, of course. I mean, the company's not going to come out and say it. I mean, I haven't really heard them come out and say it. I mean, we all know. I'm with you. I, I get it. But the company, I haven't really felt like they've really officially said, okay, you're face. I mean, because it was, you know, after the event, like you said, it's on WWE 
digital. It wasn't like it was live on Raw or SmackDown. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just so, you know, maybe it's over my head apparently. But no, I mean, you could be right. But, but I mean, Sheamus is a face. So I mean, oh, exactly. Times, he's a face, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're right. They're all faces. It happens. Yeah. We'll have to see, man. But LA Knight is huge and over. And a lot of people thought he was winning money in the bank, but Damian Priest gets the win. And uh, maybe it's one of those situations WWE say stick it to the fans because, like, hey, we're not going to completely let y'all, you know, speak the narrative of how we're going to run business. And so maybe this is the way LA Knight kind of navigates through and, and uh, you know, gets to that main light, especially getting a victory over Austin Theory, who's, uh, you know, a hill. For sure, for sure. And, yeah, no, um, looking forward to that. But I know you've been biting at the bit on this, too, to talk about Jey Uso coming out and saying what he had to say. Main event Jay, baby. Uh, his his promo has been great. Um, he's coming out. He's he's saying it like it is. Hey, I'm a twin. I feel when my when my brother is sad and when he's happy, uh, when when he's angry, when he's mad, I feel the same thing. We're one, we're one in the same. And then all of a sudden, here comes Paul Heyman, so is Sakai. They come down to the ring, and man, it was good stuff. Jay uh, ultimately uh, Sakoa attacks Jay. Jay re- gets the rebound on offense. Um, He's laying in the ring, and all of a sudden, here comes Paul Heyman, the big fat walrus man. This was fantastic. He gets a super kick, and he just flat on his back, and uh, his belly sticking up in a suit and tie. It was just a sight to see. It was it was good stuff, man. I'm glad Paul got a little little physicality here um, because it just kind of made made it a little extra, made, made it a little special, especially we didn't because we didn't get to see uh, the tribal chief Roman Reigns. But man, it was a good good uh, good promo. And a good segment. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I think he finally took it when last night he said, I'm main event Jay Uso. And I think what's so great about this, and this is what's really probably going to blow your mind. I mean, I, I, I like the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. And um, I want him to finish his story. And I know there's speculation that he's supposed to fight Roman for that title of WrestleMania 40. But after last night's promo, yeah, I it just clicked just like that. And I said, if anybody's gonna dethrone Ro, it has to be Jay Uso. Jay Uso has to beat him for that world title. I mean, that would be the perfect finish to the storyline. It would make sense because if Jay um goes Jay's and, already beat Roman. Huh? No, but Jay's I'm talking a- for the title. Oh no, yeah. For the title, but again, I don't think WWE is going to do that because I think they want that story to run until next year, and I, I get it. But the way the fans were just behind Jay last night, I think he could go anywhere around, and that would solidify him as main event Jay Uso if he could beat Roman Reigns and be the champion, even if it's for a one-off pay-per-view and then they get a rematch and he wins it back or something. But yeah, I, no, I agree. Did you did you see the fan in the front row? It said the uh, Jay, the People's Champ. Yeah, I saw that. I saw the other one that said a hundred or a thousand and forty-seven days too long. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, I know. Uh, I know we brought up Mimo's name a couple times, but he, you know, throughout the week, he's the Tribal Chief Roman this and reigns this and reigns that. But man, yeah, main event Jay looks like he's here to stay and he's ready to dethrone 
the tribal chief. Um, I just hope and wish that they kind of led Rikishi and the Samoan dynasty and Sika and Alpha. Like somehow, you know, we talked about them potentially do something at Mania, maybe Mania 40 in, in Philly. I don't know, but uh, I think that would be kind of fun to see um, that lineage come out as well. But I don't know where that all mixes up. But yeah, I, I'm, I agree with you. At the end of the day, Jay is the person that could definitely dethrone Roman Reigns. And I'm definitely with you. I'm not as big on Cody. I just don't see I just don't see it. I guess I'm the minority. I know I am. I know I'm the minority. I'm just not high on Cody for whatever reason. I just I, I get it. He's he's fun. He's got the the Rhodes last name. And he's good in the ring. Don't get me wrong. I just uh I just don't know, man. I, I, to me, he doesn't have the it factor. Like I just don't know. I mean, he's struggling, but I want to like him. I do, I do. And I I'm kind of just going, you know. A dog chasing his tail on this, but I'm with you, man. I think Jay could do it and he gets the win. Um, but I'm with you though at the same time. I think they're gonna eventually do the Roman and Cody uh finishing the story out in Philly potentially. Well, here. well, well you have to. I mean, the metrics say Cody's yeah, still fan for uh favorite. His merch is selling. He uh, is he he's in main events and people are, are still um intrigued and invested in the main event where Cody is and at the end of the day every true fan or whatever wants him to get that title his father never held and that would end the story and then after that you know however long his reign is but he finished the story um, so two people we haven't talked about in this uh fanboy Dave Solo Sakai and Jimmy where are those two how do they end up on the end of the uh road well jimmy's hurt so um at the end of the day i don't know how long he's gonna be hurt and then um if roman somehow does something and thinks solo's gonna turn on him and then uh, then that's gonna be in the bloodline and i think everybody just goes their separate ways um and unless one day they want to reunite with their brother but solo but yeah i think it's all single action and maybe a lot less uh tag teaming uh to get them to see what they can do by themselves. Do you think Roman takes time off here? Oh, for sure, for sure. After he loses the title, whether it's now or SummerSlam, yeah, he's going to be gone for a while. Yeah, and I, I think he's going to come back. I, I feel like you probably do think he is too. Is he going to be like a, uh, a John Cena-type schedule? where, Or do you, we see Roman keep his schedule uh, where it's, you know, here, here and there, pay-per-views, premium live events here and there? Or is it just completely we don't see him for, for a good eight, 12 months? I think once the bloodline thing's done, he's probably gone six to eight months. I mean, he's he's earned it. So, um, yeah, I think he's oh, just definitely a break. But, I mean, I think that pretty much wraps up, you know, SmackDown and looking forward to Monday Night Raw and NXT and SmackDown. Uh, what about you? Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, Monday Night Raw is going to be kicking off this Monday, and uh, we get to see that. And then NXT on Tuesday. and. Followed by next Friday, Friday Night SmackDown. Um, we're getting closer and closer to the next premium live event. And um, I want to see how these uh, stories unfold. Uh, WWE is still running hotter uh, than it has in a while. So um, it's a must-see TV. Yeah, for sure. And welcome back, Kevin. Maybe he'll be back next week. I don't know. Who knows, man? We're going to have to – you're going to have to stay tuned to find out if I'm back again. Um and we'll see where we go from there. But, man, SummerSlam, just a couple weeks away in Detroit. Um, it's one of my favorite pay-per-views of the year. 
really kicks off summer. Uh, it's my back to school, I feel. But uh, I love SummerSlam. I always love the big four pay-per-views, of course, with Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, Mania, and then SummerSlam. Uh, so, well, hey, next week as we get a little closer and closer, I just want to kind of throw that tidbit out just because I'm talking about it. Um, SummerSlam, just be thinking about your favorite SummerSlam moments. Uh, it'd be fun to talk about a little SummerSlam in the next couple of weeks here and there leading up to the uh, premium live event. All right. Well, I think this is going to wrap it up for episode 41 with Fanboy Dave and Big Kev. See ya!